Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. As you can see on our screen today, we have with our dear friends, with us, our dear friends, Brian and Kathy, all the way from the great island of Kauai. Good morning. How are both of you doing? We are doing well. Well as you can in, in Babylon or, or, or Nineveh. We're not sure which. <laughs> I get it. So it's great to be with you. I don't know what it is about these Wednesdays. Patricia and I have been up since, uh, I think, 3 a.m. this morning, and just little naps in between, and I know it's very early where you are right now, so for whatever reason on these Wednesdays, we get kind of going into this direction of, okay, Lord, we're all a little bit tired, we, you know, but we have some uh, opportunity to spend time together, so let me just ask you this. You look like you're doing pretty good. You look alert. You look happy. Everything looks good, living even where you are. Um, how are you doing there again, and what is fresh on your mind, and do you think anything's changed since the last time we talked? That's a lot. <laughs> For 5 a.m., it certainly is, right? And be obedient. It's just phenomenal. We're so grateful, and um, it's just amazing. Uh, you know that uh, we're just so blessed to be sitting under the teaching and you know and hearing what you have to say, what the Lord has to say, and your obedience. It's just amazing. So thank you so much.
Tuesday night gathering uh, in our friend's home across the street from where we live, and it was packed out, and beautiful people were there, and the Holy Spirit just had us ask everybody a question, you know, what is it that is troubling you? You know, let's get down to the nitty-gritty, let's get into the heart, and let's talk, you know, are you, what troubles you about this moment? And people started volunteering their thoughts, you know, we're, we're a little impatient in some cases, uh, you know, we're, we're at peace, we believe God's in control, but we really would wish you would hurry up and show us what we need to do. And some were concerned about their unsaved loved ones. Others were troubled about their spouse's condition. Um, And then, you know, I released and said, well, let me tell you what I'm troubled about. And I went on for maybe seven or eight minutes and just talking about all these things going on. And, um, you know, that drew some uh, prayer and, and, you know, things because uh, I think there are a lot of people troubled. I opened up my Bible today 
uh, just before coming on the air, and I just flipped it open to Psalm 31, and David's crying out, Lord, be with me in trouble, you know, and he uses that word trouble. And I think there are a lot of troubled hearts right now, you know, regardless of how bold, now how much of a stand we want to take for the Lord, um, you know, there, there's trouble. We want to be accurate. We want to be on target. We want to be doing the right thing. Um, and, and so this is, you know, just there's that trouble, and yet we're finding our way through trusting God to be at peace, to settle, to be unmoved, on the rock, standing our ground, and uh, which is awesome because it brings a lot of joy and peace. And uh, I just thank you for your kind comments, man. That's absolutely amazing. And from both of you, missionaries that have given your life over to the Lord, traveling around the world. The only thing that I was, I'm a little disappointed about is I thought for sure you guys were going to show up at one of our services last week. I didn't know um, what's taking so long. But anyways, thank uh, One day, yeah, one day. Well, praise the Lord. Well, that is absolutely beautiful. And where do we go from there? You know, I, I was thinking about, uh, in three o'clock this morning, I got up to pray and then I, I woke Patricia up kind of accidentally. And uh, so we were at it. We were talking about everything from when Jesus was truly born. <laughs> and so we were getting all this stuff and we both got wiped out around 530 or so. We tried to go to sleep and um, I've turned on the, the speech that Joe Biden gave yesterday and, you know, his address to the nation. And I listened to this 22 minute speech and I was kind of floored because it has every single tone of acceleration into they're going to start popping up tents everywhere all throughout the nation where people could come and they've got kits they're going to be sending to homes. And I'm starting to sense that, unfortunately, maybe some things that we're saying are right on target. And if that's the case, man, everything is about to change. Your thoughts about any of that? Okay, thanks, babe. I am so sorry. Patricia was just informing me. YouTube has shut me down. So anybody trying to listen on YouTube, uh, I guess because of yesterday's broadcast, they uh, no, we're not on YouTube. We're not on YouTube. We were shut off of YouTube. So they have to go to Facebook or they have to call in or go to OmegaRadio.org is the best way to go. So sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. their morality, their immorality, their corruption, their incorruption, the word of God, 
Satanism. How weird is it at this moment that, you know, uh, places like platforms like YouTube uh, and others that are so desperately controlling the narrative that if anybody speaks out against what the World Health Organization or Dr. Fauci is saying about all these COVID-19s, Omicron, Delta virus, all that, if you say anything, they, they take you down. You know, and, and we've seen it with bigger people. Yeah, you're talking about President Trump. You're talking about, you know, Mike Lindell from MyPillow. I mean, they're shutting down accounts everywhere, both on YouTube and Facebook. So isn't that kind of eerie? Way it is, but it's, it's it's not unexpected. True. Yeah, you know, and so I, I just live, opened our, our Instagram account, which I I forgot it was a business account because we were it, because it was a, a missionary thing. So it was a, as a, we opened it as a nonprofit, and I got a notice saying that that our account is restricted and we can't advertise, and uh, we're violating Facebook and Instagram's advertising practices. And I'm like, well. Well, who cares? I don't advertise. I don't even want to run promotions, you know, but so it be. But obviously, this, the things that I post, which are mostly like blog posts and things like that, have offended somebody, you know, and uh, yeah, so I can't, mm. <laughs> I can't run ads. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at it as like, well, I look at it as confirmation. We were recently told by someone close to us that, that people, everyone in our life, this person knows everyone in our life, and, and, uh, and we were told that we are regarded as extremists and judging, you know. <laughs> and and, and it, I'm thinking, on one hand, it's like, oh, well, we try not to be judgy. But then when I think of it, my biggest fear, if I had anything, is, is that when I stand before God, that I will be accused of compromising and, like, having tried to please man too much and, and, and restrain myself from speaking the truth boldly just laying it out for what it is. That's my biggest concern. So for someone to call me extremist and judgy, I I, I feel, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you know what? We are called to judge. You know, I know that, you know, Jesus said, do not judge lest you be judged with what measure you meet, it shall be meted out to you. I, I understand that. There's a humility to that. But at the same time, the word of God tells us that the spiritual man judges all things. And are we not to judge those who are within? We, if we don't have a sense of judgment about us to say this is right, this is wrong. Now, the only judgment about what's happening right now with uh, the pandemic, the virus thing that they, they, they promoted and going on is that, you know, we're hearing so many different sides of the story. And we have to be judicial in ourselves to say, well, am I just believing what they're saying and therefore I'm judging according to what I've heard? Or am I am I really judging this situation based upon my constitutional rights? Am I based on, you know, the freedom of speech that we have in our country, which is a right that I have? Am I judging by that? Or am I judging by the spirit of God, what this whole thing is? And if the church is not judging by the spirit of God, we can be deceived because the narratives are getting so strong, but we are to judge and we are, and we are to do it well. Amen. So if someone asks, someone if someone asks me, you know, am I going to hell? I I, I have to tell them, well, I, I can't tell you that really. That's that's really something that's between you and God. But I can tell you what the Word of God says, and then you need to you need to go to God with it and, and, and 
must really man discern all things. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is this God's will? Is it not God's will? You know, that we are commanded to do. <laughs> it's not just it's not just like, oh, you know, you can get away with it. God won't judge you for it. But it's really, it's like, no, we're told the spiritual man judges all things. Amen. And the natural man does not understand the things of God, right? So what a lack of understanding. So let's uh, shift just for a moment. Um, I know we have a greater message than the world's message. We have a greater message than uh, Omicron and all these different things that they're, they're pushing to exalt. Uh, our knowledge is highly exalted, and we condemn every thought, take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so that's what I think a lot of people are trying to do is to capture this knowledge. I heard Joe Biden uh, yesterday in his 22-minute speech to the nation, we've got the science. We've No, you know what he neglected to say in 22 minutes? One thing about people's faith, one people about people's freedom to uh, respond. Now, they told, and I know this is old, but it is a fact that the whole mantra for years was, my body, my choice. If I want to kill the baby in my womb, then I'm going to kill the baby in my womb. I'm going to flush its blood down your toilets. I'm going to flush the blood of that innocent down your sink pipes. I'm going to saturate everything beneath your feet with the blood of my baby. If I choose to do it, it's my body. Now, all of a sudden, there's no right. So the hypocrisy is off the charts, and you just wonder if there's going to come a response when in January they start rolling out these big tents and they start knocking on your door. Here's your vaccination kit. We'll be back next week to make sure that you've, you know, you've done this. You know, what is going to happen so quickly here, um, and how are God's people really going to respond to what's happening? Just this week, they passed the C4 legislation that 
legislation to go through. And so he was just talking about the fact that there must be so much political pressure on these people that even the Christians, the so-called Christians, would just cave. And then they cheered and they cried for like several minutes with their standing ovations when they passed the bill. And it's like complete total oppression. So you can go and you can you can see uh, you can have uh, as a teenager you can get hormonal therapy and and, and change your, your your physical characteristics. You can't change your gender because God assigns that. But change like your physical characteristics and have surgery and everything else and have all kinds of counseling to become you know in line with what you believe your gender is. But you can't go the other direction. That's completely illegal. It's becoming hate crimes. You know. And so they're saying, what can we what what can we do? And the pastor's saying, well, we have to come together and we have to we have to defy that law as a body of Christ. You know. And so there's going to be prosecutions as a result of it. So it's going to go to it's going to go to their Supreme Court. But he said, there's no Supreme Court. It's going to be the entire legislative body unanimously voted this in. There's no way this, any kind of court is going to go against that. Which he was from Canada. Canada, yeah. Austria, Austria, Austria. Yeah. 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 Yeah
time, well, we're going we're gonna to have to do practical things, you know, things that way. But ultimately, we've got to be prepared to actually uh, lay our lives down. Because that's what Revelation 12, 11 is. You know, we, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and words of testimony, and they loved not their lives on death. And I think we have to be prepared and, and to have the kind of resolve where it's like, well, if I'm one of the ones that ends up having to be sent into a camp, Lord, well, into a camp, I'm going to go. And if I'm the one that's going to have to be slain by the sword or beheaded, Lord, well, please, Lord, I would rather not do that. You know, if I have a choice, I would like to opt for just being preserved in the wilderness. But if it's your will, then just like Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, please take this stuff away from me. But if it's your will, Lord, then I'll do it. And I think we have to have that kind of resolve because, you know, the biggest thing in, that I see coming back from the mission view, coming back from the wilderness, is the temptation to compromise. It is so, so strong because things are so physically, materially secure and comfortable here. And, and it's one thing to have your house swept away in a, in a landslide and, and you have absolutely no choice. And your only option is like, turn to God or don't, you know? And then it's so much easier than for us when we had that happen to turn to God, you know? But it's when you have all these options. And, it's, and we're, we're coming to a time when we're going to have the option of real comfort, you know, of like a real luxury and, and maybe real wealth in this world, in this in this global system. You know, I don't think, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think it's all going to come crashing down in a complete nuclear holocaust. But I think it's going to be a really, really hard choice where it's like I could have a really, really comfortable, easy, cushy existence where I could be beheaded. And we're going to have to be prepared. Not necessarily that we will be beheaded, but we have to be prepared to the extreme and have the kind of resolve that chooses to have our head cut off rather than to an abject comfort in this world. Well, well said. And that's what Joe Biden said yesterday in his 22-minute speech. He said, if you want to have a wonderful Christmas and you want to be around your family, get the vaccination. Get the vaccination. It's free. It's safe. And if you do the right thing, you could have a wonderful life. But if you're unvaccinated, nah, you, you know, you can't do this. So, you know, uh, talking about how we'd like to go out, personally, I'd like to call for a taxi like Elijah. Uh, bring the chariots of God. We'll be out of here or go to sleep somewhere and, uh, go, you know, put your head down and wake up in the, in the Lord. I love it. But um, I, I have to believe that if, if we diagnose this by the Holy Spirit and just by logic, really, and some, you know, just you look at things and look at history. I have to believe that if this government continues to pressure people, um, that there will be an uprising, that there will be a physical uprising and wars will break out in the cities. They'll probably be quelled. Uh, there may even be, as one of my dear friends believes, that uh, there will be foreign troops through the United Nations, uh, maybe even some Chinese troops that will be showing up in our, on our territory. And uh, that this, I just don't believe that the 60 to 70 to 80 million people uh, that, were, uh, that are walking around this continent are just going to lay down and just do. You know, maybe half of them will, but I have to believe that the other 40 million that Joe talked about yesterday in his speech, there's 40 million 
Um, I, I just have to believe that they're not all going to go away quietly and they're just going to submit and show up and yield and do what they're being told to do. So I do believe that we're going to see conflict. We're going to see it on television. Our eyes are going to see it. We're going to see fearful events. And it's going to be a further cause for people to be more afraid uh, to do what they're told to do because the idea is going to settle in on them. Hey, my life is on the line right now. My family's life is on the line right now. I think we're in some for, in some very challenging times, quite frankly. up an excellent point, and I want to cruise over to uh, Revelation 13 in a little bit and pick your brain on this, but um, I, I totally agree with what you just said, and I think maybe what I was just thinking as you were talking is um, how maybe the left, the Nancy Pelosi's, the people on the, on the far left, the globalists that are looking for that internal conflict, they must be blown away with all that they have done, that there hasn't been an uprising from the right really, except a few little skirmishes. So they had to take January 6th, a very peaceful gathering, more peaceful than 2020 when they were showing the images of burning buildings. This is peaceful. There were no burning buildings. There was conflict in the, in, towards the Capitol, but it's very small in comparison. So they had to use that as, the, as, as something to, to latch onto. Look what they did, because there's never really been an uprising from the right. 
I think you make an excellent point, but I do think it's going to come if they keep pressing. Time will tell. Um, let me ask you this, and I don't know, Kathy, if you have a comment you'd like to make on any of this, but that was well said, Brian. No? You're good. So I want to ask you a question because I know this is going to come into the news very soon. And in Revelation chapter 13, here's the impression I've always had of this particular chapter, uh, beginning in verse 1. And, you know, I, there, there's so much detail, but I'll, I'll stay, steer away from that. But it says, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So my interpretation of that in our day, uh, if I were to view, you know, this passage from, you know, what's where we are today looking through to see the things evolve. Number one, it strikes me that the lion, the bear, and the leopard were in the book of Daniel, ancient empires, right? I mean, we have uh, the Medo-Persian Empire was the bear. We had the Grecian Empire, the leopard. We had the Babylonian Empire, the lion. And then it leaves out the fourth, but they were independent, separated one from another. But in this passage, they have all become one. And I've always viewed that as somewhat of a caliphate that would form under Islamic jihadists or under the the Khalifa or the uh, what do they call them, the 12th Imam or the Mahdi or however they do all that, that this is the gathering together of the Sunni, the Middle Eastern, uh, the Shia uh, branches of Islam and a gathering together by one particular leader, um, which kind of is supportive. But I wanted to get your thoughts. Where, who do you see this beast as and, and these, uh, you know, these characteristics of it? I always believe that the dragon would probably be China. I look at them today, their symbol is the red dragon, uh, and they, they occupy positions of power in the United Nations. There's a strong communist bloc and an Islamic bloc, and they seem to be running things. So maybe that this, this uh, caliphate would have power in a seat of authority within the United Nations. These are just my musings. What are your thoughts? always trying to connect dots and put pieces together. And when I when I look at that, I, I, I think of the the, uh, the new sculpture or statue or whatever that's put out in front of the UN that looks very much like that description right there, you know. And then then also this morning I saw in a news feed that uh, somebody somebody's old Twitter feed, somebody's posted a snapshot of it, and it was UN resolutions in 2021, and there were I think one UN resolution against North Korea, one UN resolution against Crimea, one resolution against Iran, and 14 resolutions against Israel. Wow. You know, and wow. so it's like it's the idea that there would be sort of a, a Muslim-based kind of a caliphate-like, you know, the Antichrist would come out of, the, out of a caliphate-type thing, but I'm thinking that, you know, more and more, again, it looks like the UN actually represents a caliphate more than it does any kind of Judeo-Christian uh, tradition. In fact, it's completely anti-Judeo-Christian. The, the, the spiritual arm of the UN is, is called the Lucius Trust, right? It was formerly called the Lucifer Trust. 
testimony and a boldness of an outright Satanism, where you think even the roots of her trust, you know, and
right off the bat that you're going to see prosecution, you know, and um, they've already been incarcerated in, in Canada. And I think the day is coming where you're going to see that here, you know. And again, that's happening in Afghanistan and different parts of the country. Uh, Kathy, just a quick question to interject into our conversation. Um, you were saying earlier in the broadcast that, you know, if, if you really stopped and thought about things that were going on in your personal life, where you're at, what you're feeling, you could kind of feel the caving in idea, the troublesome idea. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on. How do you view your, your, your personal um, what you're walking through as a woman that has given your life to the ministry, who obviously carries an anointing to bring the word of God, has love and compassion in your heart for people. How do you compare what your personal, you know, struggle is with the things that we're talking about right now, these global end time biblical events of, you know, things that are coming down the pike? How do you balance that out? Where do you stand with that? probably set people free everywhere that are going to be listening to this broadcast because what you just said is that God is allowing this. And if we accept that position and we realize there are certain things we have no control over, that God is allowing this thing to come down because of its gross sins against him, he's allowing it for his own purposes, that gives us an ability to stand back and say, okay, well, we're aware of what's happening. It's a sign of the times. We get it. God is allowing it. It's not against me personally what God is going to allow. If I have spots, wrinkles, and blemishes, I'm probably going to get them dealt with during this season. But um, they're out of our control. So it gives us an opportunity to live our lives to take care of what we can take care of. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. Love and, and 
when you're talking about um, maybe there are really these times that we're in are going to bring up uh, moments like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, uh, you know, they were standing there when they had to get the next step and walk into the fire, you know, and, uh, and they had done all. Yeah. And, I, and they probably had perfect peace. They had resolve, for sure. So they had total resolve. Um, somebody once said to me, okay, all these examples you're giving about people submitting and yielding to the governmental power, uh, they never had a system of government like the United States of America that was supposed to be a, a republic of we the people. And that the people that are in government were elected by the people to serve what we desire in our nation. And it was a moral Christian nation. Um, so we have the right to bear arms because if our government ever grows into a monstrous institution, well, that's when we unshackle ourselves because that's the Declaration of Independence. So one has to go back and say, well, okay, this is a unique democracy. This is a unique form of government in its origins. Um, and here we are right now. Um, so biblically, which is what our, um, this is what we're supposed to do. This is, this is where we're going to be held accountable. But as a citizen, um, we don't let government push us around. You know, we don't let evil government dictate our lives. And that is the uniqueness of our democracy. How do you respond to something like that? As you said, that our Constitution, our way of government, is only suitable for a multi religious people. And I, I think that we are, originally the United States was a government for the people, of the people, by the people. And, and now it's everyone looks to the government, and everybody is, is looking for that one guy to blame. And it's always the President of the United States who, believe it or not, has limited power. So I think we saw that in the last administration, and, and even though it looks like Joe Biden is just like the, the dictatorial master, and, and what he says goes, and some people seem to think that it's, it's like it's, there's a much bigger machine there, you know. And and but the fact of the matter is, is that I'm thinking about blockchain again, you know. And, and if you understand what blockchain is in its most simplistic form, it's a chain of blocks, literally. And the reason it works is it's on a horizontal thing, horizontal paradigm where everybody adds a block to it. Every little transaction, they're adding a block to the chain. And the longer the chain gets, the harder it is for any one person to come in and actually disrupt it or, or keep it broad or anything else like that because it's peer-to-peer accountability ultimately, right? Then I was listening to, like, talk about, like, uh, organized crime and cartels and things like that. You know, they, they, uh, a few years ago, they got, a whole, they got El Chapo, you know, the head of the... Sinaloa cartel, and I was listening to a guy who's an investigative journalist in Mexico, and he does a lot of stuff with the cartels, and he said, listen, you know, it's like, the cartels don't work like that. There's no, like, one single guy in charge of a cartel the way they think. It's not a horizontal framework, you know, it's not a pyramid, it's not hierarchical, the way we think, you know, and so even as, you know, as Christians, we tend to, like, we're always looking for, like, well, who is it that's doing this? You know what I mean? we got to find who that guy is and put him out of office or whatever, but it's not. And, and, and really, what, it, what that shows me is that the reason why we're in the state that we're in is our failure to abide by 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, 
And it's like, we are not, as a people, we are not sitting there listening to uh, what's going on in the world and saying, how am I responsible for this? How is God going to hold me accountable for my part in this? What is it that I need to repent for? 90 million babies have been murdered, you know, in, in, in this country. What have I done to stop that? You know, what, 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 what have I done to stand up against that? And so, you know, we want to point the finger, and, and the news media is oriented to get us to, to, to get our focus on something and then assume that that's the cause of the problems that we have. When we direct our hatred towards government. We direct our hatred towards Joe Biden. If you're the left, you know, you directed your hatred towards, towards uh, Donald Trump. And that's, a, and that's just an abject falsehood. The reason why America is failing is because America as a whole has failed to repent. It is not abided by Second Chronicles 14. You know, and, and, and that's, that's the hard group. You know, when I was a surgical technologist, I took a stand against abortion. I, told my, I went in, I told my boss when I saw the real deal for the very first time and saw a a pencil with third trimester abortion and saw it held baby parts in a jar in my hand and the nurse and I were there to cry. You know, I wasn't even a Christian then, but it was so wrong. You know, and I went in and I told my boss, I said, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna fire the gun, I'm not gonna load the gun, I'm not gonna clean the gun, and I'm not gonna even participate in the gun at all. You want somebody to do an abortion like that, you get somebody else to do it because I'm not gonna do it. Period. You know, I mean, but yeah, Man. I Amen. Not to participate in it, but I didn't do anything to stop it. You know, there are people that are like that have ministries, and I'm not saying every single ministry is called to do that, but I'm just saying I didn't really do anything. I've written blogs and things like that since then, and, and had people get angry at me for it. But you know, in the you know, 60 million babies had already been killed by the time I decided to do that. Meanwhile, 30, 34 million have, were, were murdered. You know, and so I come together as a body of Christ and. and and had an insurrection against that. So I kind of have a hard time believing that, that there's going to be any meaningful rebellion against what goes on. I think the majority of what we call the body of Christ today is going to slide right into everything, you know, and we're going to see that instead of a harvest, we're going to see the greatest falling away as we could have ever imagined. You know, wow. you know how, how strange it is <clears throat> to see these images of people, they're standing in lines for seven hours, eight hours in New York. They're standing in line for uh, hours in Washington. You see those images, and then they catch the images of the person. One person's head is up like this, and they're swabbing it. They're sticking that thing right up their nose. Another person's bowed down, and they're sticking it up their nose. And you're just watching the submission. You're watching these people walk up, and they're submitting to this thing that's going on. And you ask them, why are you submitting to that? And it's basically fear or the desire to live a normal life because they're going to let you live that life. Um, So it's a very unique time. And the only thing, you know, I could think of in what to do with this moment, biblically, Holy Spirit led wisdom, God shows what to do, is to prepare to get out of the way. And that doesn't necessarily mean a pre-tribulational rapture at all. It doesn't even exist. But what does it mean to get out of the way? And this is something that um, I, I know that God can preserve, you know, his righteous remnant, his, his rigidly righteous remnant. I believe he will do that. And so what does it mean to get out of the way from your perspective, if you even believe in that statement? Well, 
mean, that's a, that's a really good, good question, and that is something that, that we're wrestling with, you know, before the Lord, you know, and, and, and saying, like, well, what, what does this mean, Lord, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I said something, you know, our, our daughter is like, she really likes the fact that we're here, you know, the, the family that we have, are, are, they're just they're really grateful that we're here, and, and but we said, well, we don't think we don't think that we're called to stay here, you know, and if anything, you know, we're talking about heading southwest, you know, somewhere in that area, you know, somewhere between Arkansas and Tennessee is what, what God is showing us right now, somewhere between the Ozarks and Appalachia. <laughs> and, cool. and uh, you know, we, don't, we don't know exactly what that is, because one day it's like, oh, this, maybe all this, or maybe this, or, you know, and it's just like, okay, let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Take this thing off. Patricia, this is her, she's been saying this for a long time. We are moving into what will be known as the greatest time that the church has ever known on this earth. And a friend of mine used to bring the example that back in the book of Acts, at the beginning, when the church was heavily persecuted and the people were scattered, they brought the gospel. Signs, wonders, miracles followed everywhere they went. And so as it is in the beginning, so shall it be at the end, or the end is revealed from the beginning. And so we can expect a scattering. We could expect a persecution. And scattering 
obviously is not a bad thing because that's what happened to the early church and God used that for his glory. So people were on the run. People were on the move. People had to flee. And that seems to be a common reality amongst God's people from Moses. And, you know, you go all the way through history, people are fleeing, people are running, going to the mountains of Judea when the temple is destroyed. I mean, there's this reality about that. And so people have to live loosely on this earth, remembering that the accumulation of stuff is not what makes you have an abundant life. An abundant life is being able to be led by the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, having friendship, fellowship, the love of God. You're being worked out in your soul, getting cleaned up before the Lord. And so this is a genuine reality and knowing that, hey, one day we may have to go. So God has prepared a place. It says that in Revelation 12. He has prepared a place to nourish a people for three and a half years from the face of the dragon, Revelation 12. So we have to believe that there are places around the world that God is preparing for some people. And maybe who knows what that preparation will be. But, um, yeah, very, very good. Very, very good. So, yeah, please. I do. I believe that the wither, the, the, the scripture, uh, that there is a separated place that God will be. Some people said for Israel, it will be um, what is called the sheep pen going not from, not into Petra, but uh, to Basra. I think it is somewhere around that area. I could be wrong about that, but there is a place in the Hebrew called the sheep pen that the children of Israel will go to so, some from that area of the world and into the, the mountains of Judea and to the, into their wilderness so I have to believe that from a global perspective that God is preparing minor arcs all over the world, and he's gathering people together into their Goshens. And so we have a lot of biblical data that is telling us what God has done in the past, he'll do again in the future. And I know for little small people like us, I know that we were simply told to leave the Southern, uh, you know, Southern California and come to a place we'd never been to before and to get a little bit of land and to just do something to prepare them in the event of a tornado or some some harm that would come. Uh, The people in our fellowship wouldn't have to be running to a stadium somewhere to be around people they don't know, that we would be able to assist people and help them through a crisis. And whatever God's going to continually do, you know, just having an out-of-the-way place um, is entirely up to him what he wants to do. But um, I just believe people all over the world are preparing because they are seeing uh, these times that we're in. Well, I think you know, my whole Christian walk is, yeah, I got planted in a church, but then, you know, as I matured, I was like, now go, go to the mosque, go into, go out and, uh, you know, become a missionary, put it in, in our heart. And, um, and then just, it was just in this last year, it's like, we need to get back into the fellowship, you know, because God is calling us to be with a group of like believers. And I haven't really ever had that, except for in the beginning of my Christian faith, my walk. It's like, you know, I was equipped and then I went out. And now it's, it's just so strong that you've got to get with the body with like believers. And um, this is something new, you know, for many years. It was the beginning, but now it's, it's so strong in me. So, you know, and I know God's 
that in our, you know, yeah. directing our directing our steps. So this is not being ignored. That's excellent, and uh, you too will be an asset wherever God brings you, uh, not only because of the spiritual value that you have, but also the skills that you possess. You lived off the grid pretty much over in Honduras. Uh, you've been out there. You, you've, you've, you've pressed into his heart, so you too will be an asset um, wherever you go, and uh, just we pray for God's divine guidance and direction in your lives, and we were in Bible study last night, and our dear friends, Mark and Cindy, we're telling the story that two years ago, uh, they were sitting in Sacramento, California. They didn't know anybody in this area. And uh, Cindy just had this strong knowing we have to get out of here. This is before 2020. I mean, this is before COVID-19. This is before any of that knowledge was out there. And she just knew it was time to go. And Mark, you know, trusted the, the discernment that was going on in her heart. And so they got on the same page and they came. They moved right across the street from us, not knowing anybody. And next thing you know, I'm walking my little dog, Max, and I'm meeting this man named Mark. And we're, we're telling stories. And uh, he's going to some other congregation somewhere. And, and so, you know, he said he was a musician. I said, well, if you're ever in the neighborhood, stop by, play a song for us. And next thing I know, he's our, our praise and worship leader. He heads things up. He and his wife have opened their home. We've been having Bible studies for almost a year and a half now. We've seen people get healed, real healings, see people get filled with the Holy Spirit. We've seen people getting baptized, coming to faith in Christ. In that little house, we have seen the most incredible work of God, and, um, but it all began with an unction. And they tell the story, we would have never dreamed that we'd be right across the street from, you know, you guys. We wouldn't dream they were from us and how this is all working together. And you see the signature of God upon the movement. And so in, in your knowing right now, you know, a lot of people out there are thinking, what are you guys? Are, are you not, you know, where are you? Shouldn't We should all flee to an island. And you're on an island, but you don't feel it's safe. <laughs>
the other thing is, is we are strategically speaking, anybody that wants to take it out of the United States must take out Hawaii, not just Honolulu and Pearl Harbor, but Hawaii, because we're the home of the Pacific Missile Range. And, and, and in terms of like a nuclear target, it is, it is number one, number one, first to go. You'll see Hawaii go before you see anything else go. So in that sense, it's, not, it's just not smart, because this is where our enemies want to go. But, but the influence of China and, and, uh, and other countries in, in Kauai is profound, is profound uh, on the economy, the government leaders that are elected, you know, and you really have to have your head under a rock to look up if you're here and not see it. And, and a lot of people have a trying to maintain their fantasy. You know, a couple of things came to my thought, and Patricia just said, tell them your vision of Hawaii. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the vision we had of Hawaii a couple of years ago. But uh, what you just said, Brian, was that uh, the people around you that go there for fantasy, go there to, you know, live this plastic life and this luxurious life, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you're an offense because you are awake. And they want you to slip into the fantasy, and they want you to go to sleep with them. And we don't want trouble here. We want the calm, beautiful, simple, even though we're dropping off and going into hell, uh, we don't, you know, right now, this is what we want. And you're an offense to that. People really don't want to wake up. And I think church is becoming a fantasy as well. People that we call the church, uh, and I know this is your heart, you know this, um, it's kind of, you know, fantasy island in many of the churches, you know, everything's okay, there's no problems. Meanwhile, meanwhile, So, anyways. Really? No, I didn't know that. And he's really. And the other thing is, like, in the natural, like, this would be the perfect spot if God is really this island right now. There's so much fish and growing season year-round. There's just, you can live off the land. There's wild fruit. You know, there's, like, taro and all kinds of Yeah. 
and then it's because of taxes and rent is off the rent. Or you're going to make $2,000 for a studio apartment here to start. You know, we have the highest electricity per kilowatt hour, uh, cost per kilowatt hour in the entire country. You know, this is, this is not the place. So, amen. And you have sold me on not going there for sure and probably some others. Um, so let me share with you a little dream uh, I had a few years ago, and it was a very vivid dream, and um, the dream is very simple. I'm walking out on a beach, and off to my left are bleachers, uh, like you would find at a Little League stadium, you know, just little, uh, little bleachers. There are people smoking pot and drinking beer, and in my dream, I'm ready to walk over there and start ministering to them, and the Holy Spirit said, leave them alone. So I kept walking out on the beach, and I came to the place where the water is meeting the sand, and I'm standing there, and I'm, do, I'm not doing anything, no emotion, and I'm just looking out, and as I'm looking out, I see a wall of water, and it was so far away, hundreds of miles away, but it was a solid mass of water. It was a, it was a wave, and it was stretching south, and it was stretching north, and I, and I remember looking at it, and I just in the dream saw it and just hmm, and it was far away. And I turned around. I was walking away, and I saw the people on the, on the, in the bleachers still doing their thing. <clears throat> and I was going to go minister, and the Holy Spirit said again, leave them alone. And a man walked up to me at that very moment, and he said to me in the dream, I need to know what you just saw. And I kind of was a little bewildered, and I remember I looked up, and I saw a huge, what you would see on a highway or a freeway sign, and all I remember is it had the capital letters H-I, and then at the bottom, there was a big D. I had no idea what that was, and the dream ended. And I did a little research, and what I discovered and what I found out about that is H-I are the letters for Hawaii. And the D is a democratic state. And I believe that the dream reveals at some point, obviously everything is going to have some point. Um, but I do believe that that was a wall of water. That was a tsunami that was massive. That would probably take out the islands immediately. Well, there's a, there's a very weak shelf on the big island, actually, up to the, to the south, that if it falls off into the ocean, it will, it will cause a tidal wave, you know, like 200 feet high that will wipe out all of the islands completely, you know. So that is a, that's a geologic concern. But, you know, the, the thing about Hawaii is it's not, it hasn't always been just this horrendous battle log. And in fact, there was a, you know, the missionaries, the missionary movement here is, is scorn, scorn. You know, you've got like the wokeness. We are the lowest form of life that ever came to be. Missionaries are, are, are regarded as the ones who destroyed Hawaii, right? Destroyed the Hawaiian culture. True. What a lot of people don't know about Hawaiian history is that there was a Hawaiian man back in the 1800s, back when the whaling ships used to come in here, and his name was Henry Opakaea, and he uh, uh, he had uh, um, been tasked or been slotted to become a kahuna, which is you know basically what amounts to a, 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 a witch doctor, you know, and he didn't want to do it, and so what he did is he swam out to one of these whaling ships and he stowed away. And he ended up on the steps of, of uh, Yale um, Divinity School in, in, in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. And he ended up somehow, some way, being taken in. And he, began, he learned English 
he became uh, a graduate, a divinity graduate. So there had been a, and he returned to Hawaii. He brought the Bible back to Hawaii, Hawaii at the time. So he was like the spark of the missionary movement that came here and really took off. Wow. What's interesting is there had been a Hawaiian prophecy among the Hawaiian Kahuna that the truth was going to come from the ocean in the form of a black box. <laughs> right? Wow. Henry Opakaiam comes in, he brings the Bible and sparks the missionary movement in Christianity coming into Hawaii, right? And if you go if you go to the island of Niau, which is the Forbidden Island, which is where the true um, true Hawaiian, the only true pure blood in Hawaiians live today, it is a completely Christian society. They are total they live like the Amish, basically, you know. And wow. so there are these this remnant of Christians in, in Hawaii. And and that is because of what Henry Hokokaye did. And then he went then there's there's uh I forgot that there was a guy who was actually the editor of the Garden Island newspaper here who left his job and he went out to write a book about the history of, of Henry Opakaye and the fact that that, that went from here to the Hawaii the gods were coming from Hawaii actually went off into the Ottoman Empire, the Caliphate still going. And Henry Opakaye ended up on the steps where in, in the Ottoman Empire in Turkey, not in modern day Turkey today, I guess, where Gene where Pontius Pilate were all convicted Jesus. You know, and so it's like there's been this movement, it's already happened. Wow. It's already happened. And there is a remnant of true solid Christians living in a little forbidden island of nothing in, in Hawaii. But the rest of the state is is the churches are are uh, I don't yeah, we've got to go and check them out, but you know, yeah. our friend who is a uh, an African, a missionary in Africa, in Malawi for years. Her husband, and her her husband was a pastor. He recently passed away, but she said there isn't a church on the island that I would go to. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go to some different churches and and, and uh, feel the pulse and So you are allowed to go onto that island where the Christians are, the Forbidden Island. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. no. Okay, so you have to. Okay, so when you see them flee, go. <laughs> yeah. The prayer that we would ask is discernment that we don't miss that window of opportunity and get caught in the snare here. You know, we need to have really strong discernment. We get caught into the drama and the emotional entanglement that needs here for people that want us to be here, that we have faith in the God. Absolutely. We will pray. We will. And I know a lot of people are praying for you. I know they are. And, um, and you will, you will know, you will know in Jesus name, you will know. Um, you know, I don't have uh, in my, in my thought right now, anything other um, to say about all these events. I think some incredible ground was covered today and anybody that stayed through this broadcast um, should have been elevated um, in their wisdom, their understanding about the times and how to live right now in Christ one day at a time. That came up yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, live today. Be led by the Spirit today so that decisions can be made. A lot of people are wanting to make the wise decision. And so we just need God, our Father, and His Spirit that has been poured out and is dwelling in the life of His kids to know. And we, we, we speak to that divine knowing that spiritual intelligence that is within us through the Holy Spirit of truth 
so that we do know exactly. He knows. He has the wisdom. So we would ask the Holy Spirit to bring the treasure trove of wisdom, knowledge, revelation to the heart and mind of every one of us so that we would all be caught up in the spirit, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, living an abundant life, knowing that we have an eternal perspective, knowing that we on this earth, is a, it's a vapor, it's a very temporary stay, and that we are prepared to meet the Lord face to face and to be received by his smile, by his love, by his open arms and say, welcome home, well done, good and faithful servants. Um, and yet there's so much wisdom about times that we need to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We need to be watching, sober, uh, awake, aware, uh, living properly, not getting bored and being the men servants and the maid servants and all these different stuff. So there's so much instruction for us at this time. And again, I want to thank both of you for just bringing more instruction, more instruction. Anything else on your hearts that you would like to share today? Against this place and engaging in spiritual warfare against the place. 
suicide ever before, we're suddenly thinking about mm-hmm. how we're committing suicide. You know, and I think we need to, in terms of spiritual warfare, we need to be really aware in these times as a body, you know, where, where if somebody's experiencing something, that they give a voice to it and let other people know about it. Because you're probably going to find out that in, in the case of spiritual warfare, where there's an actual spiritual attack on a body, on a, on a group, Everybody's going to be feeling it, but a lot of people might be thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to share that. I'm just going to take that to God because I'm ashamed. You know, so it could be sexual things, suicidal thoughts, just negative thoughts, you know. We really need to be aware of these things and transparent about these things so that we can deal with them as a body. Because when when we all came together during those times in Mozambique and prayed, it disappeared. You know, because there's authority. There's authority as individuals that we can ask for things in Jesus' name, and he's given us all authority, Matthew 10, over, you know, to trample on serpents and to cast out demons and heal diseases and things like that. We're more powerful when we do it together. And we have to really be, be transparent with each other about what's taking place in our lives and our thought lives, because a lot of times we're going to find out that there's something happening and everybody's experienced it, and yet but people don't want it to be a negative place to stay with it. So, I don't know, I just felt led to share that. That's huge. Yeah, well, that's huge. If Patricia's listening upstairs, she's probably dancing the dance right now. She's doing a Jubilee dance. You know, let's talk about the spiritual warfare that's really behind all this stuff that's going on. Let's get into that. And, you know, that is that is brilliant because there was a, a, a news a report on today that there's a problem in the military where a lot of military people are committing suicide. And for you to have brought that up just now, I mean, what a confirming word. It's not just all natural. This is not all just horizontal, earthly, human stuff. There are demonic forces behind the scenes everywhere. I just wonder if God would ever let someone peer into that realm of what's really going on, what we would see. My God, the deception, the hate, the murder, the, all of the stuff. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, speak into that. And it's like, 
Well, Amen. So are you two able, by the Spirit of God, to get up this morning, you have your coffee, whether you go back to bed or not, but you have this beautiful island you live on. Are you able to go out there and just enjoy and appreciate the beauty of what God has created and, and not give Satan, you know, all, you know, that somehow he is, is there a place for you as Christians being there at this moment for whatever reason, however long? To step out and say, you know what, this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And whatever you're doing is temporary. The day is coming that the glory of the Lord will be all over this earth. And right now we're going to appreciate God's glory. Is that, is that something you do? Enjoy your family, your fellowship, where you're at. 
the launch is coming, guys. So uh, whatever that all means, we'll keep it in prayer. Any final words before we go? Hallelujah. Yeah, God bless you. We love you guys, too, and a lot of people do. It's absolutely phenomenal what God has done. Praise the living God. We love you both. Be safe. Brian and Kathy, thanks for joining me on the air today. We'll see you again. Give me, you know, we don't have to wait a week to, to, be, to be talking, so keep us informed of what's going on. We'll be keeping you in prayer. We love you both. Shalom. God bless you. All right, folks, that's it for us. We're going to be running right now. Uh, We may have an opportunity tomorrow to have a very special guest with us on the air as well. Uh, Friday, we'll have Pastor Jeff Bass is going to join me again. He's been through quite a a moment. He's going to probably share a little bit about that. Um, But he's on top of the game, man. He's doing good. So you and I just enjoy this moment. And uh, it is December 22nd. 2021. And it's an amazing time to be alive on planet Earth. May God bless you richly and may the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, be known by you in this hour. Draw close to his heart. Thank him for everything. He's your father. He loves you. He's not a vain God created by man's imagination. He is the creator of all things. And he has created you for a purpose. And you're here on purpose. Find your way to his heart through his son, Jesus Christ. Give your life to him. And you know the rest. Most of you do. And if you haven't heard the story about the love of God that compelled him to give his son, well, you need to stay tuned and find some beautiful Christian people that you could share your story with, and they could share his story with you. God bless you, saints. This is Pastor Vince. We'll see you tomorrow. Lord willing, with bells on. Amen. Shalom.